When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A while back, I saw this date that we are recording on in a story about a TV show that I used to watch a long time ago. And it turns out, February 2nd, 1973, 50 years ago from our recording session today, was the debut of the Midnight Special. Now, did you watch that when you were a kid, Marcus? I didn't watch it when I was a younger kid, but I did looking at some of the performances recognize them and be like oh my god i saw that oh my god i saw that some of it was on those ktel collections of video type things yeah but it was pretty late because it started in 73 so that's 50 years ago you were probably too young still to stay up till one o'clock in the morning after the Tonight Show, right? My parents wouldn't let me be anywhere near staying up that late in that year. No chance. To watch a rock concert on TV? Nope. They couldn't necessarily monitor? Nope. They weren't going to stay up. There was no way they were going to let me stay up. So what a great occasion to celebrate this TV show that turned so many people on to so much music. I mean, it was a rock concert every week, but it didn't start out that way. It's time to talk about that midnight special on the imbalanced history of rock and roll. I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus Goldman. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. Well, I loved Bandstand. I loved Soul Train. Very, very, very rarely did anybody perform live on those shows, whereas... You get to hear these performers perform live with the crowd in the background, and you really get that feel. And when we get into it, we'll talk more about some of those incredible performances that we uh, both probably looked back at over the last week or so getting ready for this episode. Some really amazing performances. didn't start out as a tv series in fact there was nothing on tv at one o'clock in the morning ever tvs went to that test pattern that we always heard about when we were kids and never really saw because we were never up at that time i 
Well, you saw it early in the morning before Saturday cartoons started because sometimes well, you would I'm turn so it on point, a few minutes point. early and it would still be there. And then, boom, Saturday cartoons. Now, Bert Sugarman is the man behind a lot of this tomfoolery, and he was already a name in the game when he got the idea for this show. And he took it to NBC, and I think it's best to let him and the man who would introduce every episode of the Midnight Special get us started on this episode all about that great TV show. On August 19th, 1972, a late night program was broadcast right here on NBC, and the name of that show was the Midnight Special. And now, the great Burt Sugarman on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. After The Tonight Show on Friday nights, television went to black. There was nothing on. Right now, there's movies all night. You see all kinds of reruns on, but there was nothing. I thought it would be terrific, just terrific, if I could come up with some type of show that people might want to watch after 1 o'clock when The Tonight Show ended with Johnny Carson. And it led to me thinking that, well, it has to appeal to uh, younger people. That sounds like music, something in the music business, and it, it started there. So we get an idea of how he got the idea for the show, but how does he get it going? Where does he put it? What does he do with it? Because nobody is doing that yet, so he has to find a way in, right? When I first went to NBC to try and sell Midnight Special to them. The normal network resistance was there. Well, why would you want to do that? These rock acts won't show up. They're not going to be there. They won't do it. I was sure that most of the acts would show up. I wasn't sure that all of the acts would show up. How would I know? I'd never done anything like that before. I produced television shows and some game shows and things, but I didn't know for sure because I had the idea that it was an election year and therefore let's do a show to get out the vote. Let's get young people who turned 18 to get out to vote and if I could get them as viewers, we'd be in business. And then of course, NBC said no. I went back to NBC and I said, I will do the first show at my cost and I'll license it to NBC. With that, they said, okay. He needed that little wedge to push himself in. You know, that first step is always the hardest and he had to find a way to make it happen. Well, it didn't hurt that he had connections from producing shows like Celebrity Sweepstakes or The Wizard of Oz or the great late Richard Pryor's TV show. People knew him, so they would listen. Half the battle, I guess. But he had to sell the show. And who better to tell us how he did it than Bird himself? I had about six weeks from day one to the day the show was going to air on NBC. So I started hiring acts. And one of them I called was a fellow named Jerry Weintraub. Called Jerry and said, Jerry, you've got some wonderful acts. Anybody you would like on the Midnight Special that would fit in the concept. Jerry said, well, I've got this fella. His name is John Duchendorf, and we're changing it to John Denver. He's got a wonderful voice. And I said, I've heard a song or two of his. He's terrific. He'd be a great guest. He said, no, no, no. He has to host the show. Hiya, Cass. Hiya, John. How you doing? Fine and dandy. I'm great, too. I didn't ask you how you doing. <laughs> well, I, I like to say it once in a while because it makes me feel Just to better. remind yourself. Sure, you sure. Okay. You know how it That's is. That's all right. We taped the show. And it immediately went on NBC on a Friday night, 1 to 2.30 in the morning. They had not done that before, first time in television. Monday morning following the pilot, the first broadcast of Midnight Special, 
The phone rang early in the morning, and it was the gentleman from NBC who first said no. He said, I think we have something here. The show's ratings were absolutely through the roof. And I want to talk to you immediately about doing a series. Can you imagine getting the green light after being told no so quickly? Then, you know, you only have a short period of time to get it all together. What to do? What to do, Marcus? I know a challenge. He had like six weeks to put it all together and to land the artists. He He had to land these artists and get them to agree, man. That's a big deal on a short turnaround, and that's super hard to do. But his idea was really solid, and it was something that obviously music people believed in because it was a way to get to the youth, and that was important. We're pretty much just talking about music so far because that's what we discovered the most of on the Midnight Special, but there was more to it. People associate the Midnight Special with music only. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. but we had the best comedians of their time. People like Steve Martin, Billy Crystal, Bill Cosby, Red Fox, they're all here. Why don't you uh, get together with him and y'all go somewhere and walk in the traffic about three days? (laughs) And I insist when you have only one M&M left, you have an M. (laughs) The first comedian to ever appear in the Midnight Special was George Carlin, he was on show two. So that was the combination of great comics, great musicians, great singers. And that was the start of the Midnight Special. The guy had vision. You got to admit it, man. He did. And he knew how to reach the younger demographics, not only with music, but with entertainment. He had Andy Kaufman on his show as a performer, entertainer. A oh, my few God. Times We're going to get into well. talking about all of that and all of it's geared towards the people who were my age, a little older and maybe a little younger. And by the time this show gets into its prime, 
it's starting to appeal to people who are in your age group who are a few years younger than me. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And some of the comics that were on the show, like Freddie Prinze, Red Fox, edgy, edgy comedians who wouldn't get on TV during quote unquote primetime hours because even the pictures they painted were edgy, even if they didn't use the words that were direct and they were racy and that freaked the networks out. So, And your mother. Yes. My mother, too. Yep. All of our parents. And they were like, hey, it's okay for us. But hell no, it's not okay for you. (laughs) You know what didn't freak my mother out? What? Billy Davis Jr. She just thought he was the most handsome guy. Him and uh, that Marilyn McCoo, you know, they were awesome. Everybody in those days, including Billy Davis Jr., had their own imitation of the guy who was the announcer, the host with the most, right? The Wolfman, Wolfman Jack. And here's Bert and Billy Davis telling us about how the Wolfman became the glue. All right, we're going to be right back with more of the Midnight Special. One of the staff members came up with the idea of Wolfman Jack as a type of announcer on the show. We all thought that was an interesting idea. He'd been in American Graffiti. He had a very, very unique voice. He looked terrific but unusual. But I thought it was just a wonderful idea. Wolfman came out, and we used him on a show, and from that moment, he was the glue that held Midnight Special together. The Midnight Special's late, late concert is coming up. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Oh, my. So you just keep on watching, baby, and you let the Midnight Special shine its ever-loving light on you. Now, one of the things I didn't know that I learned just around the time we started talking about this is that Bert Sugarman has been married for a long time to America's sweetheart, Mary Hart. Remember her? I remember Mary Hart. Yep. She did entertainment tonight. I forgot about her. She was also Miss South Dakota in 1970 and a semifinalist for Miss America in 71. Do you know where you can find Mary Hart every night during baseball season when the Dodgers are at home? At the game? Behind home plate. She's always there. Look for her. And Mary Hart's part in the equation, just one of the many little things we'll find out as we go along the way here on the Midnight Special. Like, an example, ELO had more appearances than any other band with seven. I know, that's so crazy to think about. And they hosted it, I think, twice in those seven appearances. Oh, and the hosts, man. Holy cow. All through all the paperwork and the research I'm finding, anytime somebody was a guest or a guest host, it was differentiated. Helen Reddy is somebody who was on as a, as a guest many times and a host many times. Yeah, she and was, a guest host a few times. She was the host for the first two years, basically. Pretty Chubby much. Checker was a guest host. Curtis Mayfield was a guest Tons host. Of people. She had a great relationship with Dionne Warwick. She was a guest host. Ted Nugent was a guest host, and I watched what? him introduce Cheap Trick. So you had so many different people. Jim Croce was a guest host. So they went wild with the amount of hosts that they had. Ray Charles, Richard Pryor. Oh, my goodness. And you mentioned Jim Croce. He was one of the few artists that convinced Dick Clark to let him play live on bandstand. But when you listen to him playing live on the Midnight Special, the man is in full flight, so much more comfortable. Great stuff. Operator, well, could you help me place this car? See the number on the man's book is old and faded. 
living in L.A. With my best old ex-friend, Ray. Gosh, she said she knew well and sometimes hated. Isn't that the way they say it goes? But let's forget all that and give me the number if you can't find it. So I can call just to tell them I'm fine and to show I overcome the blow. Learn to take it well I only wish my words could just convince myself That it just wasn't real But that's not the way it feels And before we go too far, we got to talk about the great Johnny Rivers. He was known on his own for his career. He did a lot of TV and movie themes, right? Like Secret Agent Man and all Mm -hmm. that. Yep. But he was the guy who did their version of the Midnight Special and was an occasional guest host. That's so cool. Chuck Berry even was a guest host, too. Everybody wanted to do it once it started to happen. Think about it. They had the setting. The auditorium was set. The stage was set. Everybody got their name and lights behind them. Well, if that's what they wanted. If not, they tried to accommodate them with what they did want. Like, look at the footage of Sly and the Family Stone doing Thank You for Let Me Be Myself. And they had to construct a special set just for them, just to accommodate all the players. Whatever it took. Now, the one thing I got to tell you as we go into this whole thing where we're getting all these brain blasts about things we've seen before, the other main source for seeing a lot of bands was Don Kirshner's rock concert. Remember that. But through most of the 70s, they were both airing live concerts every week. It was like an overload. You never knew what you were going to see, so you tuned them both in. Like you said, looking back, recognizing this performance and that performance and being like, oh my God, I remember that. And one of them I remember is the stripped down version of ELO's Evil Woman, which was so beautiful. were being banged and played it was so beautiful and again so raw and stripped down before like the final produced version of which you heard on the album and it just sounded so good and to hear a band with that big of a sound 
stripped down on a smaller stage playing, it was really cool. And I think we got to see that with other bands. Like when uh, Sheik did La Freak, it was pretty incredible and pretty stripped down as well. Um, Earth, Wind and Fire, the Commodores did that. They all had a large number of people on stage. So we got to hear these almost stripped down versions that just really moved you. And it was really fun watching these old videos. One of the reasons I think it made so much impact was it was video. Most of the time when we saw bands on television, it was film being aired over video through, you know, the video film link chain, right? Mm -hmm. This was video live. 70s style. You know that a single girl can get into a lot of trouble all alone in beautiful downtown Burbank. You know, a terrible thing happened the other day. I was playing golf with Jim Henderson, yeah. and I sliced my drive, see, yeah. and went over the fence, through a windshield, and caused a terrible accident. No kidding. What are you going to do about it? I think I'm going to try moving my right hand over a little bit. Whacker! <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Who's there? Boo! Boo! Who? Well, if you're going to cry about it, I won't cry! <laughs> it looked more like the same video is on Laughing than it did, you know film of Woodstock. It was hip, it was cool, and it was happening. Oh, by the way, the ratings were, as they would say back in the studio days, out of sight, man. (laughs) Think about it in terms of what it was. It was a barren wasteland. From one o'clock in the morning when Johnny Carson signed off until the news team came on in everybody's cities. It was a whole different ballgame as far as TV and entertainment. There were three networks and PBS. Then later, you know, the UHF came along. But it was nothing after one o'clock in the morning. And the fact that he was able to pull it off the way he did as well gave it even a little bit more significance to the story because, again, the network was kind of like, oh, I don't know, but it's one in the morning. Well, I don't know. It's one in the morning. And it's like, (laughs) nobody will watch it. Well, it's one in the morning. Who cares? test it you know who was watching the largest group of american teenagers ever Mm -hmm. in the 1970s every week every band mattered and the thing was once he got it going he just had to fill in the slots who was coming through town they knew where the place was they knew what the deal was they come in they did their song they filmed it the crowd goes crazy next band comes along they move out they come in and it would go on during a production all day whenever they had bands who were doing the production for that week or putting stuff in the can for the next week, whatever it was. It was a constant go and a constant flow in the studio there at the Midnight Special. So what do you say we grab a beer, change our socks, get back into it? Yeah, back then in 1974, I would never have had a beer when I was 16. So I, I can have one now, though, right, Dad? Oh, Absolutely. Let's go to Crooked Eye and back with more and the Midnight Special at 50 on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. It's always great to stop here in the middle of the Imbalance History podcast and have a little pint at Crooked Eye in the heart of Hapro, pouring the cure for what ails you since 2014. But that doesn't say much about what they are and what they do. Crooked Eye is one of those brew pubs that is really tight within the community. 
And you really get a warm, friendly vibe when you walk in there. They've always got music. There's food now because of the Salty Vets barbecue, and they keep bringing out new brews on a regular basis as well as the old standbys. The winter brews are on the board. Go in and have one and check out some of that Salty Vets barbecue as well. And the entertainment at Crook and I, it's always changing, so follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Grab some friends, grab a date, head on over to Crooked Eye for some lovely beers and wonderful food and great <laughs> atmosphere. In the heart of Hatboro, pouring the cure for what ails you. They are Crooked Eye Brewery, and we thank them for their support of the Imbalance Podcast for about a million years now. Here in the wintertime, you still need a great sock because you're going to find a way to work out. Like when it got warm the other day and you told me you were going for a ride. You know, you got to have great socks. And since they started sponsoring our podcast last year, I know when you hit the road, you've got a pair of bold foot socks on those feet. I do. I love my bold foot socks, whether I'm riding outdoors or spinning on a spin bike. They wick the sweat off my feet so I don't get that mushy, yucky, swampy foot feel after doing something athletic. And when it's 40, 50 degrees and the wind can drop the temperature down another 10, having a sock like Boldfoot on to keep your foot a little warmer makes a big difference when you ride. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I can hear Marisa working out downstairs. And I know that she's got her bald foots working overtime when she's working out with Jillian, you know? Definitely. Whether you're working out or going for a ride, or if you're an aggressive walker, you got to check out boldfoot.com. You can pick your design. They have so many to choose from, and a portion of all sock sales go directly to veterans' charities. And, of course, all socks are made in the USA. Veteran-owned, American-sewn. It's Boldfoot Socks. Thanks for the support, gang. It's the Midnight Special at 50 on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. Ray Coob and Marcus Goldman talking about this great TV show that brought so much music to our door. Yeah, it turned us on to a lot of music that we had not heard, as well as we got to see these performers perform live these songs that we were hearing on the radio so we could put faces with the songs, and that was really important. Or, in many cases, discovering artists who you had not yet heard on the radio. And the show went on for years. It had its ups and it had its downs, but it kept going with some of the most top flight talent available every season. Yeah, people really wanted to be on this show, especially once they started getting a little bit of traction with the hit song. They knew that this was a great way to reach the younger audience, and they knew it was a way for the younger audience to get a chance to get to know them as the musicians. Baby, I love you. Come, come, come into my arms. Let me know the wonder of all of you. Baby, I want you now. Now, now, and hold on fast. You would think 
it would go on forever. But not so fast, mister. In 1983, Dick Ebersol was asked to take over Saturday Night Live at the request of NBC. He's the one who decided to cancel the midnight special because he felt that they needed to fix SNL and he didn't have time to develop a new show from scratch, which sounds like he was going to reimagine the midnight special. So instead, they canceled the midnight special and replaced it with SC. TV, the Canadian comedy sketch show based out of Toronto. So we lost the midnight special, but we gained access to all this really incredible comedy that was coming in from Canada. People who are now part of our culture and everyday life when it comes to TV and movies and everything, right? Absolutely. And of course, music never went away and the promotion or spreading the word of music never went away because MTV stepped right on in at about that time and took over with music videos, but they never did the live thing the way the Midnight Special did, and I think that live aspect is what made that show so, so special. It almost seems like there's something that's beyond the facade that happened to kill this thing because it seemed to have an eternal source of music and support and viewers. It wasn't the ratings that killed it, right? Absolutely not. And if you think about the 80s, pop was amazing in the 80s. Metal was amazing in the 80s. The hardcore punk scene was amazing in the 80s. So could you imagine how crazy the Midnight Special would have been had it continued through the 80s? I think the music would have had a bigger impact. I think you're right, my friend. When you look back at it, the clothing of the hosts and the performers all look stated. The whole thing, right? Because mm-hmm. it's 30, 40 years ago, 40 now. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to believe that we went from having nothing to having all of that. And then back to nothing for a while. 
I guess Kirshner's concerts kept going on for a little while longer. Tonight on Don Kirshner's Rock Concert. Bad Company. Phil, we have a very special show for you tonight. The Beatles were a super group. The Led Zeppelin is a super group. And tonight we have the most talked about group in America and England. Bad Company. But this was amazing, because you could see and hear just about anything every week on the Midnight Special. Like... Everything from Bo Diddley to Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Billy Paul did Me and Mrs. Jones. And I'm talking about just the first season. You had Curtis Mayfield. David Bowie did Space Oddity in 73 on that show. Did you see that fucking footage? Ground control to me. Ground control to me. Oh my God. That was also the year that ELO made their very first appearance on the Midnight Special. Seems somebody in the uh, production end really loved that band. And one of the names that cracked me up that I saw was Hoyt Axton, the folk singer. I was like, that's wild that he was on that show because we used to have to sing Marvelous Toy in elementary school music class. Everybody wanted to be on the Midnight Special. And it seems like Bert Sugarman found a slot for just about everybody, man. Pretty amazing to see who and how many and what variety was presented. I know. Olivia Newton-John, Have You Never Been Mellow? Neil Sedaka, Bad Blood and Breaking Up is hard Oh my to God, do. he's going into the rabbit hole, ladies and gentlemen. Help me pull him out. Minnie Ripperton, Roxy Music, and the same year that Neil Sedaka was on, the Ohio Players, Glenn Campbell, Helen Reddy, the Hollies. Oh my God, what a lineup. Hart did a couple of uh, songs in 1976, Fleetwood Mac. Started making appearances on the Midnight Special. And one of your special. favorites all times when we're in this part of the rabbit hole, man. One of your favorites, Seals and Crofts doing Summer Breeze. Let me tell you, it's one of my favorite clips I found this whole expedition. Oh, yeah. Summer Breeze. And then Marvin Gaye came in. You had Chuck Berry back in the day. Gino Vanelli, that dude had a couple of radio soft rock hits back in the 70s. Lou Rawls, oh, sweet. One of the things that I saw for the first time, maybe even before I heard it on the radio, was this band called Redbone. The video shows them doing their full presentation in native gear. American native people, Redbone. Come and get your love. Come and get your love now on the Midnight Special. Hey, hey, what's up, 
Oh, that's such a great song. And in the early days, they had Earth, Wind, and Fire. I watched the Shining Star performance from 75. In 75, they also had Peter Frampton on, and he did three songs. Show Me the Way, Do You Feel Like We Do, Baby, I Love Your Way. It's incendiary, those clips from that performance. And that's what you got. Fiery rock and roll, cool pop, all kinds of soul. It was hot. It was cool. It was all that. Everything in between. Anything you could think of could show up on your TV screen when you were watching the Midnight Special. But some of the things I found surprised me, Marcus, like the Cars performance of Just What I Needed that sounded really hot. They were really good live back in the early days, and I saw them live in the 80s, and it was a really fun show. ACDC was on there in the age of disco in 78 doing Sin City. (laughs) That's just crazy. Here's another one that I found along my adventure in the Midnight Special wormhole. Um, It's this version of the Steve Miller band doing Fly Like an Eagle with a long, spacey, chunky intro. There's a song, Marcus, you and I have a fascination with, a common affinity, if you will. And I've realized that the first time I saw them perform it, was on the Midnight Special. You know I'm talking about the Brothers Johnson and and Strawberry Letter 23. How about Fleetwood Mac doing Rhiannon when they were new? I know, so crazy that a young Fleetwood Mac was on there right before they took over the world. A couple other performances that I saw that were pretty wild on here. Robert Fripp did Frippertronics on here. I'm Robert Fripp, and... This is Frippertronics. Probably blew the minds of all these young kids going, what the fuck is that? That's crazy. Roy Orbison hosted one of the final episodes. Your boy Mark Bowen, T-Rex, doing Bang a Gong, indented it into the minds of kids across America. Nick Gilder, Hot Child in the City. I remember when that was new. The Jacksons doing Shake Your Body Down to the Ground. Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You. Crystal Gale, who I first heard about because my dad and mom were totally into her. At one point, I'm watching this video, and I am certain that he is lip syncing, something that I know did not happen on the Midnight Special. And the closer I watched, the more I realized, no, Johnny Nash was really singing I Can See Clearly Now. That clean, that good. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. 
unbelievable performance on the Midnight Special. The fact that we also got to hear Aerosmith in 74 with Train Kept a Rollin' and Dream On, Barry really White. Really slow and chunky, right? Yep. I checked that one out again. Curtis Mayfield doing Superfly, one of the Blaxploitation yeah. songs, and just oh, killing man, it. Oh, man, I love that version, man. It is so good because it's all live and real, you know? Radar Love was in there in the early days. Ike and Tina just crushed it when they were on doing Proud Mary. I watched the video clip of that, and it sounded so good. I remember when Leo Sayer was on it and cracked up at how people were really having fun with him, and it was really another fun episode. Midnight at the Oasis, remember that AC or soft rock song from the 70s, Maria Moldauer? Helen Reddy was one of the regular hosts of the Midnight Special. Her version on the show of Delta Dawn is a classic. She's 41 and her daddy still calls her baby. All the folks around Brownsville say she's crazy. Cause she walks downtown with her suitcase in her Looking for a mysterious And Germany's Kraftwerk did the title track from the Autobahn album, which is just so wild to think about. I have to find that video and check it out. Kiss appeared and did Black Diamond, Deuce, and She in 75 during the early days. Another one where it was the first time I saw them was War doing Cisco Kid. What a great version live. Absolutely live. That was cool, too, because... At that point, I hadn't seen a live concert or a live rock band. To me, this was the coolest shit ever, right? Heck yeah. And even uh, Waylon Jennings on the country's end of the spectrum with Tammy Wynette were on some of the early episodes. So they really represented the big tree of rock and roll very well. He did a great job with his booking and getting musicians out that would draw the kids to stay up late and watch it. You know how the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame recently redefined their mission and all? The Midnight Special was doing that mission full on 100% back in the 70s and 80s, man. Everybody was in there. Everybody was getting play. And the end result is a lot of great memories for people who are of a certain age. Quit aging us, damn it. I'm trying to turn the clocks back, but it's not working, Mary. <laughs> it will never work, Ira. I also saw that XTC was on there. Thin Lizzy performed a couple of songs. Young Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were on there. Rufus, which would have been amazing. Diana Ross, of course. Roxy Music. You know, Ray, sadly, great things like the Midnight Special come to yes. an end at some yes. point. 
Sadly, Marcus, it all comes to an end. Yes. Crashing down and boom, it explodes and implodes and it just fire by falls. So oh my, it's so nice to have the Ohio players back, you know. I promised Wolfwoman I'd have them back. It's her it's her favorite group, you see. It makes her howl, makes her dance and do crazy things with her tail. <laughs> Everybody, let's welcome the Ohio players. The eight years that it, the midnight special was on TV had a momentous impact on live music because it really introduced the viewers of the show to these bands and it gave them another way to connect with the musicians and it gave the musicians another way to connect with an audience and find new fans because they were able to perform their songs so well live on TV. You know who was one of those artists who benefited greatly from that was the great Linda Ronstadt. Her version of Long, Long Time on the Midnight Special, one of those highlights in your episode Discovery Mission. What a great ride here as we uh, roll back in the imbalance time machine to the 1970s, 50 years, 1973, when we did the session for this episode um, for an anniversary of a show that many, many millions of Americans, at least, and maybe around the globe, I have no idea how well it spread, but people loved the midnight special when it was on how could they not? It was great live music late at night and fun to watch every single week it was on. So, dude, used to get a six-pack of beer and a doobie, wake up mom and dad, fell asleep, and then we turn on the midnight special, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode at the 50th anniversary for the midnight special. If you'd like to be in touch about what we're talking about on this episode or anything else, you can always be in touch on email or social media. On social media, you can find us across Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. And if you want to email us, imbalancedhistory at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, imbalancedhistory.com, and fill out a contact form there as well. Production of Dark Duck Media. It's time to go... But before we do, we want to thank you for tuning into this in every episode of the podcast. I'm Ray Koo. I'm Marcus Goldman. And this is the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.